a lot of people have said they keep going back to is this kind of inverse pyramid. And the first thing I think about is don't think about the event logistics at all. Think about what are the, um, the top of the pyramid is the emotions. What do you want the people to feel? Do you want them to be laughing? Do you want them to be emotional and kind of like sad? Do you want them to feel full of community and connection? Like, how do you want that to flow? Always, always, always think about your attendees first and make it really authentic. Inform, inspire, and evolve. Welcome to Creating Community for Good, a podcast dedicated to philanthropy, the love of humankind. Join host Lindsay Simons in a friendly conversation about contributing to good as we bring together community, positivity, and energy to the business of generosity. Welcome your host, Lindsay Simons. Hi, this is Lindsay Simons, your host of Creating Community for Good podcast. Now, I know that a lot of you are glad you don't have to get all gussied up and go to any more proverbial rubber chicken dinners. But not me. I loved galas. I'm a social butterfly who loved connecting with new and old friends, experiencing the delight of an orchestrated festivity, and then floating away lit up about whatever cause we were rallying to support that evening. Now, that said, I'm really not one for TV in general. So when I tell you that I did not enjoy the pre-recorded virtual Zoom events of Q1 and SIP, believe me, I mean it. But there's good news. Creativity wins again. I'm jazzed by the astute genius that's been proving me wrong for the last few months. Virtual events can be captivating, dynamic, and dare I say, fun. And I'm really excited to talk about those today. So welcome to Creating Community for Good. We have with us today, Dana Snyder. Dana is awesome. She and I are new friends, and I was so inspired by everything she had to say. Just listen to her. Her enthusiasm and optimism are contagious. She rolls through this interview, spilling creativity and solutions effortlessly. As someone who thought that she was allergic to virtual events, I sincerely am excited to know what we can do with some of the learnings that have been discovered over the months where I've been sort of negative about events and other event folks have been working hard to really engage the audience. So Dana has everything that you need to know to hook your event up with something your audience is going to be talking about for the ages and will certainly be compelling to fundraising. Dana is a passionate entrepreneur, digital strategist, and conscious consumer. She founded Positive Equation in 2017, same time of year when I created Lindsay Simons Consulting. And she's got a focus on helping nonprofits cultivate online audiences of donors, partners, and advocates using social media. Currently, she's based in Atlanta, but she's a former SoCal girl. And Dana has worked with Movember, Dress for Success, USTA, Honest Company, Sports Illustrated, American Idol, the Global Food Banking Network, the Gary Sinis Foundation, LA84 Foundation, and many others on their digital strategies. Dana is also a member of the Purpose Collaborative, an invitation-only global group of 40-plus boutique firms, consultancies, and subject matter experts, all passionate about social purpose. Dana is an incredibly inspiring and active member of the philanthropy community, and I can assure you that you'll be motivated and ready to get to work once you're done with this episode. So where to begin? Well, today she's going to walk us through a few tips and tricks, especially I loved the virtual event goal setting pyramid. So listen in for that. She also talks about whether you should be doing events that are family friendly or adult only and how to cater to those. If you want to see an example of her work, 
tune in to her website where she's got runs of shows and other tips for you to really activate right away. And a few of the takeaways that you're going to hear in the next 45 minutes or so are the importance of building a foundation for impactful digital strategy now that social media is no longer an option, but it's now a commonplace for business. The hidden potential of the digital world. So how she creates the pyramid of hierarchy of needs, essentially, for how to create a best-in-class event. And then a few other tips are in here in terms of where to go to for a website that would have great resources or where else to host your virtual event. So tune in, let me know what you think, and welcome to Creating Community for Good. This podcast is dedicated to philanthropy, the love of humankind, with the intention to inform, inspire, and evolve. Let's go. Dana, thank you so much for being on Creating Community for Good podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here. I am too. We have so many friends in common. (laughs) I know. It's about time that we connect. I can't wait to learn everything that you have to share about virtual events, but also I want to hear what you're doing on social. So what is your March challenge? March is a special month for me. My birthday is St. Patrick's Day. And it's a very fun birthday. And I share that with my mom and my great aunt. So yeah, it's a a pretty fun festive birthday. And so I decided to do something different since we're still all in social distancing mode with COVID and to do a March challenge. I'm more focused on the social digital side, but oftentimes what I find that happens is they're saying, I want to direct people to my website for donations. What's something's not working. And so what usually doesn't work is the websites aren't normally set up properly. And the best way to convert and optimize for donations, for giving, for emails, and they're just getting drops off as soon as social gets them there. So I always say, look, yes, I want you to have a strong digital social strategy, yeah. but the foundation needs to be there first. So right. the March challenge is that I pulled together two partners of mine. We are for good, obviously, with John and Becky, who are incredible. And so they taught a lesson today all about creating an irresistible website for your donors, which they're so fun. We just had a blast. And so it's all taking place in my Facebook group, which is nonprofit social media marketers. It's totally free. Great. So they were today. And then next week is going to be Nick Miller from Fundraise Up. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but it's an AI based tool for nonprofits. So you can add these AI elements that are really interactive for donations. And then week three is me. So at that point, I'm going to be sharing how to attract and find the right donors to bring to your website through a three-part social media ad funnel. And then the next week is nothing because we just went over so much content and ideas. It's a work week. (laughs) Yes. And then the last week is a panel discussion where John, Becky, myself, and Nick will all come on really with the goal of our questions are twofold. A, how many website visitors did you get in February? How many donations did you get in February? And then after you integrate all of these things in March, now, what has been your traffic in March and what have been your donations in March? Oh, yeah. I love that. Really quick hit and a lot of tangible outcomes and sounds like very direct and explicit next steps, yes. which 100%. is what people need, especially with social. I need that. If you can hold my hand and tell me how to do social better, I will hold your hand and do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I don't talk in like dreams and like I talk in very tactical terms of what you need to do to see results. Yeah. 
Nice. No so important. Thank you for doing that. And thank you for shouting that out. I hope that everybody goes and, and checks it out. I was actually just before our call, I was on a conversation with a very special spiritual nonprofit where they just don't do fundraising because it's part of a spiritual community. And because of COVID, they're having to dip into reserves. So in order to fund their what they would have normally received in volunteer donations from the in-person services, the yoga and meditation center. So folks would go and gather at satsang or a temple and then contribute money. They said they were getting close to $5,000 in cash in any given week. Well, on a big week. And now they don't have anybody coming. So now thinking about like, how do we approach fundraising when we're not a fundraising nonprofit? And so it, it would be interesting for them to maybe tune into this as a resource to say, okay, social media fundraising, website fundraising is definitely a lot more it's gentler. It's not as aggressive for this type of community, even though it can have tremendous results. And then you can find individuals who are truly committed and passionate and have the capacity and generosity that you can develop yeah. relationships with over time. So, And uh, I, I think that, that comes down to like the mentality of fundraising. Fundraising and sales seem to be these like sticky words, that icky words that no one likes yeah. to do. But I think in their case, if they can provide the value... And like, I've seen a lot of the meditation apps right now are really Mm -hmm. big because of mental health. So if organization can still provide value online through like smaller communities, maybe it's yoga teaching they sign up for, Mm -hmm. maybe it's a private meditation session, right? Like digitally, you can still do that and still get paid. So I think it's just coming up with what are unique ways to still provide value and get paid to do that. Yeah. 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 What is the digital offering? So... I want to jump into the digital space of events. Tell me everything we need to know in 30 (laughs) seconds. Go. Just kidding. Okay. So if I have no idea where to start, let's say that I am used to collecting major funds in events and galas, walks, meet and greets, even just cultivation and stewardship engagement, what should I do to get started? So I do things really differently. Okay. I shake it up. Yeah, I shake That's it up. That's why you're on the podcast, lady. I don't like as my dog here is trying to get me to play ball. Oh, <laughs> dog's welcome too. <laughs> you're welcome I've become too, a buddy. dog lover during COVID. So this is like groundbreaking in my family. I've been a cat person forever and oh. dogs like just not so much, nothing against them. It's just that they were like a different thing. And when they are so loud and barking and coming up and wagging and licking and everything. It was just not doing it for me. <laughs> but my neighbor got a puppy and I'm now a dog person. I'm now like the first to get on the They're ground the best. and play with a dog and say, I want a dog. I love you so much. They so are totally shout out the to best. <laughs> they make you feel they make you feel all the love. And actually what's interesting about that. Okay, so this dives actually weirdly segments <laughs> more perfectly into it. What I was going to say, so I always start off, I launched a course about planning, engaging events. And the first thing I talk about, which a lot of people have said they keep going back to, is this kind of inverse pyramid. And the first thing I think about is don't think about the event logistics at all. Think about what are the, um, the top of the pyramid is the emotions. What do you want the people to feel? Do you want them to be laughing? Do you want them to be emotional and kind of like sad? Do you want them to feel full of community and connection? Like what emotions throughout the event, right? You can have multiple ones. Like how do you want that to flow? And so that's the first thing. And then the second thing is impact goals. 
So not how much do you want to raise, but think about it in terms of what are the programs we need to fund? What are the goals we're trying? Who are the people we're trying to help? Because that flips the ask. And this is what I talk about in corporate sponsorships a lot from, hey, will you be a, which I hate this, will you be a diamond sponsor for $50,000? I don't care about that. I don't care about being diamond. But if you say, hey, would you provide 15 girls laptops for this Girls Who Code program? It will cost us about $50,000. I'm definitely going to go with the latter. And that's way harder to say no to. <laughs> yes. Also. So the second part, so the emotions, what do you want people to feel? B, what are your impact goals? What do you want? To, that's basically like the front page of your website. That's the front page of your marketing materials that this event is allowing us to do X thing or things. And then the third thing is then your numbers, like your metrics. So how many people would you like to be there? Because in the digital world, you can technically have unlimited. You can have thousands if you wanted to, if you're international or national, if it makes sense. How many email addresses do you want to collect? How many sponsors would you like to have? So then you have your metrics. So once you have that planned out, then you can go into the thinking of, okay, great. We know the emotions. Now, who do we want to be there? And what kind of event would these attendees actually like to attend? I was just talking to a nonprofit yesterday where they said it was another gala. And I was like, okay, well, who are your donors? Do they want to attend a gala? Like now at this point, we're over a, we're a year in to being in this virtual world. So it was cool for the first few to be kind of bringing what you were doing in person to online. But now you really have to do something creative and innovative to stand out to get people to sign up. So now it's about, okay, what would be something really engaging and impactful and exciting? Like for instance, a lot of people, when we think about the old school galas, you had, if you had kids, you had babysitters, right? So right now there are no babysitters going over to people's homes to watch their kids or the kids are home all day doing learning. So does it make sense now to do a more family-based digital event where they can sit next to you and they can learn about philanthropy? So the whole scope of planning an event, yeah, really changes. So that's where I start. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And I was listening to LinkedIn Learning. I don't know. Do you ever listen to them? I love LinkedIn for whatever reason. I just feel like that's my social media of choice. Other than Clubhouse, I've started doing these Wednesday morning AM Pacific time shout out, like coffee chats with fundraisers on Clubhouse? and owners on Clubhouse. Ooh, okay. I have to join you. Please do. Becky was on today from We Are For Good. John couldn't make it, but he was there last week. And we have frontline fundraisers. We have events people. We have corporate donors. We have foundation donors. We have Bitcoin app acceptance type business company owners. I don't know how to put that into my smooth story. (laughs) We have a lot of consultants. I met, as you know, a fundraising consultant. So it was really cool. This is the second session today. And today being the day we're recording, which is not going to be the day that you're going to hear this, whoever's listening. But we're going to be doing it every single Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time. So Dana, I'd love for you to come and maybe we just do a topic that is, let's do Ask the Expert. What do we need to do for virtual fundraising events? So come to that. 
And it's a bit of a, a promo there, but I, it was a tangent to just, just say that I was listening to LinkedIn Learning and this presenter was talking about how we just really need to pivot from exactly what you said. Don't try to approach your events like they were in person and you just right. happen to be doing virtual right now. So Dana, what I learned was that you should really be thinking about how are you using interactive spaces? So like a Google Doc, he said, a lot of the apps nowadays, they do have their own platforms for how you can do breakout sessions and brainstorming. But go back to the basics of a Google Doc or Google Drive so you can see the changes and you can see participation and attendance. He also recommended that you do any kind of engagement like every 10 minutes or so, whether it's a poll or survey or clap or raise your hand, because folks are just kind of moving and getting distracted and looking at their phone and cleaning their apartment, whatever it is. He said, camera on. That was like the most important. He said, camera on, mic off. What other tips do you have? What are your thoughts about how do you actually take something that we've all known as in-person events to virtual events after a year of learnings? Yeah, those are great tips. I think the engagement is key throughout. And really, I think my number one is no Zoom. (laughs) No Zoom. Oh, really? What do you recommend then? And why? I say no, no, Zoom. no Zoom because think about basically every meeting we have all day is in Zoom. So if you're entering Zoom for right. a fundraising capacity, you're like, you're not in the mindset to give. Wow. So okay. you, you're in work zone. Yeah. Right. So we'll you want to get them out of that, get into something fresh. Number two, do not pre-record your entire event. Oh, please don't do that. Oh my gosh. I've been advising my clients. I'm like, please don't make me do that. I will not listen. I do not have the brain span capacity. I've seen a lot of them that way. And I'm like, no, you can tell. It's very blatantly yeah. obvious when that I happens. think a few segments, like if you really need, like if you have a celebrity or you have something that you really need to have done perfectly, then you can do a few recorded, but it's got to be like the majority in person, right? Or live. Right. Right. You're saying, or you we're going to go to a quick video. And I would say any sure. pre-recorded segments, you really don't want them to be longer than a minute and a half. Keep them really short. I love his idea. Constantly engagement in the chat. Mm-hmm. A fun one that I did on a previous event that we produced is we had multiple raffle items based on engagement. So at the very end, we would say, we're going to announce the raffle winner based upon engagement. Keep that going. And then we would showcase that item throughout. And then literally there was somebody on the side plugging in people's names that were commenting to a random name picker uh-huh. online for free. So that's a fun way to keep Oh, that's cool. Action. What was the platform? I love that idea. There's one called, I think it's Name Wheel. I just used it today. Name okay. Wheel or Wheel Generator, something like that. If you, if you Google it, you should be able to find it. And it's really fun, actually, because if you end up showing it on the screen to be able to let them know that you're legitimately doing it from scratch, it's like a wheel that spins and then it picks it for you. And then it comes up with like confetti for the person <laughs> who won. So it's kind of a fun visual. <laughs> I love it. Anything yeah. that's new and different. Yeah. Another tool I really love is called Hoppier. Hoppier. Yeah, H-O-P-P-I-E-R. And they're great because essentially it's great for sponsorships and for your participants. They create this virtual credit card that let's say you have a sponsor that comes on for 10K and you're going to say, I'm going to pull 2,000 of that for event participation for this thing. So you can give every attendee their own little virtual credit card that they get. They get to log in and let's say every person gets 20 bucks. And you, as a nonprofit, you can brand the credit card with the sponsor's logo, with the colors. Oh my goodness. 
and you can pick the vendors of which they get to use it for. Aha. So that's where your bio of conscious consumer comes in. Yes. So then you're partnering with specific vendors that you believe are good or that you want to support because they've supported you. Yeah. And you can theme it. So they have, for example, let's say something that's been popular is virtual 5Ks. Okay. So if you're doing virtual 5Ks, let's say you do a the virtual credit card for 20 bucks, you can select Athletica, Nike, Under Armour, Amazon as your vendors. And so now if I am an attendee, I'm like, wow, oh my gosh, they just gifted me $20 to prep for my event. Or it can be a training, a training app that you can download. And you're like, wow, that's so cool. This sponsor, now I'm going to remember them, just allowed me to purchase this really cool outfit that I'm now going to wear for my virtual 5k. Oh my gosh, Dana, I really love that. I, I don't know that I would have ever thought of that. My expertise is more like major gift communications, relationships, fundraising, capital <laughs> campaigns. Events is not my thing. And I'm so excited to hear that. That's a really great learning. Thank you for it's sharing a that. It's really fun platform. Yeah, because I'm just geeking out on all of the tools and platforms popping up. They're so good. Okay, so I just want to circle back to this. For anybody who was panicking and like, oh no, we're using Zoom. What should they use? Okay, a couple options. I love Run the World. Nice. Have you heard of them before? Nope. Okay, Run the World's great. They allow you to do breakout rooms. They allow you to do cocktail hours one-on-one where they automatically match people. Nice. So that's fun. And you can come back. You can also do breakout rooms based on certain topics. So if you want people to have a conversation, you can do that. Another one is Give Butter. Not better, but butter. Okay. Putting butter on some bread. They're totally, actually run the world and give butter. Both have totally free options. Nice. Give butter is really fun. When you're making your donation, they have kind of a social media looking comment bar where you can add gifts and videos and emojis that's like playing while you're having your live presentation in front of you, which is really great. Remo, R-E-M-O is a good one. And that one, if you can visualize being plopped down into a conference room, there's a bunch of tables Okay, you get sat at. So you can have kind of your networking, like 30 minutes, 20 minutes, and then you can take over the screen and have your presentation. And they have little lounges on the sides for sponsors. Oh, lounges for sponsors? Oh my goodness. I know. And you can brand that whole experience too. Oh my gosh, there's so many. I have a list actually on my website where I list my top, seven. I okay. <laughs> I keep expanding. We'll go to the website. So what do you do if you have a celebrity who's supposed to attend the event and then they pull out last minute? What if they can't make it? How do you pivot in terms of virtual, you know, run of show reordering? Have you had that experience yet? So good question. No, but I've worked with a lot of celebrities in the past. I used to be a digital producer on American Idol. Random fun fact. <laughs> That's a great fun fact. So I worked with all of the judges and talent, which was really fun. I would say if they're pulling out, is there a different way to engage with them? One might be, okay, they can't make that event. Would they do an Instagram live with you ahead of time? And you can make that like a little pre-cocktail hour and say, okay, everybody, thanks so much for joining us. And then you get massive reach. We're going to shift over to our live event now or even a week ahead of time. Will they do some promo thing for you? Okay. So basically asking them, is there another fun way that you can work together? I like that idea. You know, somebody actually mentioned to me in one of the clubhouse chats that you should do a post-event clubhouse. So you can have a debrief 
So you can say, okay, let's, the party's not over yet. The program is, but hop over to our channel or our room in Clubhouse and tell us what you thought about it. And we can all just hang out like you know, we're in person in a way and just chit chat. That's a good point. Oftentimes the most important part of the event is after because you have now all of this hype, there's all this emotion about it. And then how do you continue that feel good buzz Yeah, that you have the next day? So what is the best way to call the action after the event? So during the event, you've been engaging them and hopefully people were excited. And then after the event, maybe they're unwinding on a clubhouse or Insta or something like that. But what then is the next call to action? Would you tap into one more step? Because it seems like there's still energy that you can capitalize on since we are virtual, which is a little bit different than once everybody gets in their cars and leaves. So a couple of things. One, it depends on the size of your event, I would say. But even so, and I'm actually, I'm on my computer trying to look it up. Videoask.com is amazing. Essentially, you can record a video that can go out to one or many hundreds of people. And it then asks them, they can record a video back to you. They can text reply to you. So you could literally be like, hey, was was it last time so much fun? We had a blast. Like, we're still celebrating over here. What did you think about it? Right. And leave it as an open hanging question. And then it's a beautiful, simple interface. Somebody can look it on their phone. And that video can be sent via email. And it knows to customize it. So it's awesome. And then the best part is you basically get next day testimonials from people about what the experience was like and possibly video ones. I do this with or emails. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I would say is, again, depending on the size of your event, Mm -hmm. and maybe the level of the donors, reach out and do some of that one on one outreach. Something that on a social media trick is if you're able to ask people maybe during their registration, if they have an Instagram handle, yeah, follow them. And you can send them like a voice direct message saying, last night was so much fun, Sherry. I'm so glad you were there. I love that. That's so good. I was actually going to say, I like the idea too of a pre-event message from the CEO or from a beneficiary that's a video. So I've heard Soapbox is an integration with Gmail, I believe. Maybe you have better methods, but please interrupt me if, if you do. But my idea is, you know, do some sort of message before the event that's like, here's the run of show or here's what you can expect. Can't wait to see you again tonight or tomorrow or whatever it is. But it's a pre-event, something that is video. So that it's kind of like that getting people primed for an engagement virtually. But I really love what you just said with just a, a quick voice message on whatever way that they're interacting with you, whether it's Instagram right. or email or whatever it is with a really fast and rapid response. So I think that that's something that is probably... I mean, could we do that when we're back to in-person? I feel like we could. Some of these tips are really applicable to when we're all together. You can still do the same exact concept. Yeah, and I think if anything, the virtual event world has been amazing. I know sometimes it's been a hard thing to adjust to for some organizations, but you're removing the four-wall barrier. There's a lot of, I think, unnecessary costs associated with in-person events where when I've gone to a fundraising event, I'm not signing up for the dinner, right? Oftentimes yeah. the food's not even that great. No, that's not the point. No rubber <laughs> that's chicken That's not the dinner. point. So I would rather let me be comfy in my pajamas yeah. or plan an event with the donors in mind. It doesn't have to be 
I don't know. I think we just need to rethink the whole event space mm-hmm. of what that means. Because yeah, the beautiful thing about virtual is that you can invite people that don't live locally in your community. Yeah. That maybe had moved and they thought they couldn't participate anymore. Right. A lot of people have moved right now. Mm-hmm. I, I moved last year from Los Angeles to Atlanta. Oh, you moved from LA to Atlanta. Wow. I'd love to yeah. talk about that more another time. Yeah. Bigger so spaces. bigger spaces. Yeah. And both my husband and I, our family, they're in Florida. So it brought us closer to family, but still That's in nice. a big city. Yeah. But I still love a lot of the organizations in California that yeah. I supported in LA. So if they do yeah. something digital, I 100% will show up. Yeah. I love it, Dana. Okay. So what would you say is a final tip or piece of strategic advice that you would offer to anybody that we haven't covered yet? I would say, Always, always, always think about your attendees first and make it really authentic and be real. Go Mm -hmm. live. Don't be afraid to mess up. It's what makes you an honest human being. (laughs) I think we have this like nerve that everything has to be perfect. (laughs) Doesn't have to be perfect. Everyone has so much grace for each other right now that I think just accept that and go with the flow and have fun. Yeah. I think we forget to have fun a lot of times. And then for the teams that have multiple people use this as an opportunity to bring everyone together. Don't make it a, I love having this brainstorm activity at the beginning. It's like a final tidbit is the what if brainstorm. Okay. So break down if your Google Docs is great for this. So if you had a what if document and every person writes down anything crazy, what if we could get Leonardo DiCaprio? What if we could have balloons sent to everybody's homes. What <laughs> if we could, you know what I mean? Just like yeah. go crazy with it. Yeah. And then come back together as a team. So you individually go away for like five minutes, come back together as a team, review all your what ifs. At this point, you're laughing, you're joking around. Yeah. I have a positive broken. spirit. Yes. Right. Everyone's not feeling heavy about the right. fact that you have this daunting goal you need to raise. And then you say, okay, let's circle the things that could be doable right now. Circle them. And then move all the other ones over to not now, but maybe later. Love it. Love it. And then do you have, I mean, I would love to continue this for another five hours, but do you have any kind of sample run of show on your website or just off the back of your, back of your head? I do. I'm really struggling here. I took one from (laughs) kind of like my, (laughs) my, my producing world and I put together a Google spreadsheet. It's nice. $5.99. Great. So for $6, anybody can have a cheat sheet for a perfect run of show based on American Idol's best practice. And I actually, I produced an event last May and I have my run of show in there too as a sample tab so people can flip flop and look at it. Very cool. Oh, that's great. I love that. So what is one thing that gives you hope? Man, just people. I know there's a lot of There's a lot of not great things about social media, but I think one of the best things is positive storytelling Mm, and how it's allowed us to feel so connected. So I think the positive stories that I've seen from just, and you think about it at Christmas time with UPS drivers, with people putting out gifts in front of their houses, like the singing and clapping in New York City, like those moments were so special. And I think what what gives me hope too is I hope actually that this experience that the world has gone through together, that we don't forget it because it's something that every single person in the entire world basically can resonate with. 
And we all have something in common now. Mm, yes. So yeah. if we can just remember that like at our core, when, cause the world will go back to normal and things yeah. will, we'll be back in sporting events and we're going to forget, but yeah. I hope that there's times where we can come back and reflect and remember what happened. I love that. If there was one idea or organization or concept that you want to do a shout out to, this is my final signature question for creating community for good. It's what brings you hope and then what's something you want to shine light on just since you've got the mic. Well, I'm I'm launching something really exciting. All right. Let's hear it. So I'm launching, uh, it's called Missions to Movements. And it's a mastermind for the six-month mastermind. Okay. For nonprofit leaders, and they get to bring in their digital team. Nice. It's a big deal. So, like, I coach their digital team for six months, basically. Great. Very small. It's gonna be like 12 to 15 organizations. And I have the thing that I love is networking and connecting with other people in the space. And yeah. so, I have 11 guest coaches coming in. Nice. Like Harrison from Charity Water, Caitlin Whitaker from November, Sarah Lee from News Story. So some unbelievable people that are going to come in and help coach these organizations to really take them to the next level and really build some sustainable fundraising practices into their organizations. I love that. That's so wonderful. So how can everybody find that and find you and get to know you better and understand your services? It is at positiveequation.com backslash mastermind. And then everything else is just positive equation across all channels. Awesome. Well, Dana, it's been so great to have you on. Thank you so much for sharing all the insights and tips and strategies for virtual events and fun. I love your energy. You're full of joy and positivity. So I can see why you've got so much momentum going. And I'm so glad that we've met and I can't wait to keep the relationship going. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Creating Community for Good with Dana Snyder. If you have any questions for her or me, please feel free to reach out to us directly and we'll be happy to help you. If you have a topic in mind that you'd like to learn more about via these podcasts, then let me know. A special shout out to Jeremiah, Lynette, Hannah, and Meg for your ideas and constant support. I'll keep them coming. Let me know what you're excited to learn about. If you're on Clubhouse, I host a weekly chat at 8 a.m. Pacific every Wednesday, and I've got other fellow nonprofit colleagues on there. It's not just about fundraising. We talk about important social issues as well, and everyone is welcome. If you liked what you heard today on this podcast of Creating Community for Good, let me know. Send me a message on LinkedIn, or better yet, write a review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps and goes a long way. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe rate, and review. If you're curious about this topic or others, again, go to www.creatingcommunityforgood.com or send me a note. Have a wonderful day. I hope this was an enjoyable conversation. Thank you. With this latest valuable episode, we'd love to thank you for joining us on the Creating Community for Good podcast. If you found today's show valuable, simply visit our website, creatingcommunityforgood.com to leave a review as well as to get access to additional resources and relevant links from this show. Stay tuned for more episodes.